I'm a professional. I'm so impressed with this. Welcome to Kim Moffat is a Fan, the first episode of Kim Moffat is a Fan, in fact. And for the first episode, there could be no other guest than Andrea Barber. Mostly because when I said, hey, AB, I'm thinking about doing this new podcast, she said, yeah, only if I can be your first guest. So I think legally I'm obligated to have her be the first guest. She's also a bit of a good luck charm because she was the first guest on For Love of Show, which is a podcast that I did with my very good friend Mel a few years ago. And it was a great episode. And then the show turned out to be great. So she's a good luck charm. We had to have her. But mostly because the show is called Kim Moffat is a Fan. And although she is a very good friend of mine and I love her dearly, I am also a fan. When I was a kid, my best friend Nikki and I, we were big TGIF kids. Like everybody, that's not that special. Um, but we, we really particularly loved Full House. The whole TGIF lineup, but we really loved Full House. We would sit there every Friday. Um, sometimes we would have, do you remember the popcorn that was, I think I might be the only person that remembers this. Uh, it was a popcorn that would pop different colors and you never knew what color you would get. Poison, I assume. Just pure poison in that popcorn. But uh, we, would, we would have our popcorn. We would watch the TGIF lineup. Loved Full House. And so years later, I had been working. I'd worked on a couple shows and um, had gotten promoted to a production secretary, which is the next step above a PA. And so I'd worked a show as a production secretary and was actually looking to get promoted up one more time. So I was looking for my next show that would promote me to an assistant production coordinator. But I remember specifically, um, there had been rumors that there was going to be a Full House reboot kind of floating around town. And somebody that I had worked with actually had a meeting with Warner Brothers and at the end of their meeting said, by the way, if there's a, a Full House reboot happening, we'd love to know. And there was. Warner Brothers did let them know. Then she told me kind of casually, and that became like, I got to find out about this Full House reboot. I got to work on it. I must. Anyway, so I'm, I met a friend for coffee. And I'm driving home, I'm driving through, I will never forget this, I'm driving through the hills, and I get an email from somebody separately that I worked with a while ago. And it popped up, and I was like, I haven't talked to this guy in a while, let me, I pulled over for some reason, looked at it, because the subject of the email said, Full House Reboot. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> this is exciting. So I pulled over the side of the road, read the email, asking me if I wanted to work a couple days as a temp PA. So not the promotion I was looking for, not even the job I had, not even as a permanent PA, a couple days as a temp PA, the complete opposite of what I was looking for. But it was the Full House reboot. So I immediately said yes, was so excited, went home, thrilled. I was originally supposed to work on what was only then called the Full House reboot for three days. And I ended up being on Fuller House for four out of the five seasons. And then all through the fifth season was just showing up on all the tape nights anyway. So it was the best time and it was made the best time by a, an incredible cast and crew, including Andrea Barber, who, as you'll hear in this, if you don't know her already, uh, you're, you're just going to be so over the moon and like bowled over by how funny she is, how honest she is, what a great friend she is. And um, I'm really excited for you to hear this interview. That's enough of me talking. Please enjoy Andrea Barber. I don't have like an intro set up for the show yet. So let's okay. um, let's record one right like, now. <laughs> let's make oh, our own okay. intro. <laughs> what will the intro be? Pitch me. You're you are an actual podcast professional. So you. <laughs> 
It, no, only entitled. That's it. <laughs> okay, well, let me amend it. People listen to your podcast. Well, I listen to your podcast. You do, because and you listen to mine. So that's all. Yeah. What more do you need? Nothing. Sorry, everyone else. Sorry, <laughs> no, we do. Um. Well, what's the name of this podcast? I'm a fan, or Kim, Kim Moffat is, is a, a fan. fan. Yeah. Okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Kim Moffat is a Fan, a podcast about all of Kim's favorite people. I'm Andrea Barber, and I'm the special guest of the week. I'm the first guest of the week, baby. Boom. So I'm doing my own intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a lot of things just happened right now. Oh, what One, happened? One, um, I don't need a, an intro anymore. That was the intro. Oh, Two, um, next I'm going to have you do the song. Um, oh, also song? I think <laughs> there's not a song yet, but I think you'll just write it. I think I'll just what I'll do it. from now on is have everybody do their own intro. So I never yeah. have to worry about it. it who needs yeah. continuity? You know, it just let everybody do their own. It'll make it like a nice little surprise for everyone that tunes in, you know, it's like you never know what you're going to get. That's 100% what I want the show to be. Yes. So yes. a surprise. I got super lucky in that, like, um, most of my friends, like you, like Jody, um, Marlo, who's going to be the next guest next week, um, are people that I, like, came into knowing first as, like, being a fan of. And okay. then just kind of by luck. And, um, uh, you know, unfortunately for you guys, just never let you guys go. No. <laughs> got, got that you're contact info and was like, beep, beep. boom. <laughs> You're That's like, you're I'm never, if you try to ditch me, I'll show up on your porch in pajamas <laughs> or with Don Barber, my dad uh, in pajamas, in, in his pajamas, <laughs> in his paj not in your, yeah. Don Barber will wear his own pajamas, not your pajamas. Although you never know, like you honestly, don't put anything I, past D barbs. Like he, you know, he surprises you. <laughs> <laughs> How often? Hang on. Let's clarify. Okay. First of all, is me. Meeting your dad and seeing him in his pajamas and then us getting lost and almost running out of gas and cell phone battery in mm -hmm. East L.A. while it was raining in the early dawn. The um, best friendship origin story that you have or do you have another one that tops it? Oh, nothing will top <laughs> that friendship origin story. Are you kidding me? And the fact that yes. I was asleep for most of it too, that like I had no idea that you were sweating profusely. And like, well, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always sweating. Now, you know, that jokes on all of us. I'm always sweating profusely. <laughs> that time was out of nerves. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was clueless to all of it. I was like, this is great. I have a ride. Kim is nice. She's funny. And then I'm going to go to sleep because I was not feeling well. I was too sick to drive. I had a kidney infection. But that, yeah. yeah, that was the week I had a kidney infection. I was on heavy antibiotics and the show was like, yeah, we don't want you to drive because you almost passed out yesterday. So we're going to have people drive you, which is why you came and picked me up in the, the up. county of Orange. And we made that <laughs> pilgrimage back to Warner Brothers together. <laughs> and it was, we should have had snacks and like sleeping bags. Like it was a pilgrimage. It was a pilgrimage. And also because, um, I get very nervous when I'm late somewhere. Mm, and mm -hmm. that's just me on my own. That's not bringing the talent to oh. set. Oh, <laughs> that's a yes. different kind of nervous. <laughs> so yes. uh, it was it was immediately just like a million times worse. I'm trying to like use ways, trying to figure out how to wake you up <laughs> um, to ask you if I can use a phone cord because oh, mine yeah. isn't working. Oh, yours didn't work. Oh, yeah. I was trying to figure out why didn't you have cell phone battery? Because your cord 
just stopped working? <laughs> just stopped working, yeah. Got- Kim, Every- it was in the moment. It was like, you don't need us. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you need cell phone battery? Instead of cell phone battery, we're going to give you a good story. Yeah. It's the best and- story. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's my b- favorite story. It's D-Barb's, my dad's favorite story. Oh my God. And I would venture to say it's one of your favorite stories as well. It's one of my very favorites. Will you tell the story of me meeting your dad in his pajamas? I know that you weren't there. I don't care. I want to hear it from you. I think I've never heard the version from you. Oh, the version in my head? Okay. Well, okay. So as I was sick, recovering from kidney infection in my home, um, you came out in the wee, wee early hours. I don't even know. Was it like 5.30 in the morning, 6 a.m. It was dark. All I know, it was like dark and raining. And for whatever reason, the production office had my parents' information, probably because Don Barber loves to be involved in every single aspect of my life. So he has, he's like, here, take my cell phone number, take my address, you know? And so I was like, okay, so, so basically the production office office had all of Don Barber's information, none of Andrea Barber's information, because why would they want my information, right? So- unknowingly you showed up at my parents' house, which is like 20 minutes from my house. But on this dark, rainy morning, you showed up to my parents' house and knocked, rang the doorbell. I don't know. And my dad, who it's not like you woke him up. He's up early anyway. So he was already awake, probably reading the paper, probably reading the Wall Street Journal and starting his first cup of coffee of the day. But yet he was still in his pajamas. And he's got like those very, I don't know how to describe these pajamas. There was like a set. It was a matching set, like a button down with a little collar. I don't know if they were striped. They were blue for sure because he always wears blue pajamas. And they were Mm -hmm. probably striped as well. I'm just guessing. My memory is that they were striped. That's like um, light blue with dark stripes is my memory. Okay, that sounds sounds right. That tracks for me. But that's right with a little collar. Yeah, it's a little collar and the buttons and they match. (laughs) These are business pajamas. In yes. case you have a meeting suddenly. Right, well, which he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was basically in business casual at that point. It was he was very business casual <laughs> at that point. And yeah. thrilled, thrilled that you had come to the door looking for me. So then he could talk to you and tell you, yeah. I don't even know what, did he tell you my life story? Did he tell you my resume? Did he invite <laughs> you in? Like, I don't know. Like, there's so many options. It's a choose your own adventure story. All of the above, I'm guessing. Like, he's, yeah. He's a talker yeah. and he loves he to talk did. and he loves to talk about me. <laughs> these are, these are both of our favorite topics. So I was happy to be in the conversation. <laughs> I, happy. I would have been happier had it not been, you know, five 30 in the morning and I'm already late now. I'm about to be right. later. Cause I yes. gotta go to a different home now to get you. Yes. You have but, to go 20 um, minutes further away, further yeah. than my parents' house. And that's but, also um, how I met Felicity because she came to the door and said, you're late. <laughs> no, like, she did. That tracks too. <laughs> she came to the board and said, late. <laughs> yes. Like, wow. That, that's very on brand for her. She doesn't mm. filter anything that she says. I love it. And she's honest. She's just like, you're late. <laughs> All right. She must have been probably like eight. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking she was probably eight or nine years old at the time. So that was peak, peak sarcasm time for her. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know how long you stayed there and talked to my dad. I imagine you couldn't stay too long. Not as long as he wanted for sure. Cause you had to go yeah. find me and retrieve me. I left pretty quickly. And then I called you 
Oh. But jokes on all of us. Guess what number I thought was it, yours? <laughs> was it my dad's number? Yep. Why does so he, he do like, this? Why? I don't know. Why does I don't know if it's because he 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 wants to insert himself into everything, or yeah. if it, it could be like he the the reason he gives is that he's like, well, I don't want anyone to have your information. You know, it's a privacy thing. I don't want anyone to have your address. I don't want anyone to have your cell phone number. And I'm like, I get that. Yeah, I don't want to like post yeah. it publicly, but. The production office really needs my address and phone number for these very reasons. You know, there's certain people that have to have my information. Trusted individuals such as yourself, yeah. Kim Moffat. Yeah. Um, but Don, Don Barber is like, no, <laughs> it's all going to be my first. I, lo- I love that you went to his house and then called him. That's just amazing. <laughs> it was like, oh, no, now I got to make this. Call. And by the way, I'm not like, okay, well, now I've seen her dad in his pajamas. So I'm. <laughs> Uh, now was suddenly unnervous to go get her. <laughs> right, that didn't calm your nerves, I imagine. Yeah, no. If anything, it made it worse. And then I, call, I was like, okay, I got a call. I got a call. I got a call. And then right. I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. And then it was your dad that picked up. I was like, well, well, all right. <laughs> call again. He's like, why is this girl stalking me right now? <laughs> the oh show is my. called Kim Moffat is a fan of. Don Barber. Yeah, that's that's the real working title of this podcast. <laughs> you got to get Don Barber on the show. It'll oh be a special God. double episode. It'll be a two hour episode for sure. He likes to talk. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my. Best. And I don't remember much after that. I know. I mean, I know I wasn't involved in, in this first part of the story, but um, yeah. I don't remember Felicity coming to the door and and you know, raking you over the coals for being late. I don't remember. I remember getting in your car and I remember promptly falling asleep and that's it. That's all. That's all. And then I remember waking up as we were going into Warner brothers, but I don't really recall anything else. That's exactly perfect. Great. You don't want me to. Yeah. No, I definitely don't want you to remember us being in East LA and me just thinking like, I don't know. It's how way. Why were we there? Why weren't, why didn't you stay on the freeway? Because there was traffic, well, I imagine. All, it's raining in LA. It's raining in hour. LA and there's traffic. And remember, we always um, were filming during summer or winter? Well, uh, I summer. I don't remember. What was, summer, yeah, but so, we did fall. Summer and then fall, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So it's holiday-ish. Okay. So people are around, you mm-hmm. know, on the... It's LA. It's traffic. Well, LA's always busy. Always, always terrible but it's also because ways also they're not a sponsor um you know that you tell them where you want to go and they'll say like hey this is the easiest way to get there it's the quickest way to get there but they don't know they're not from la they're no. out here telling you to turn left on beverly no. turn left on a side they don't know anything why so is ways obsessed like ways is obsessed with left turns especially oh unprotected God. left turns no. Yes. You know what I need? You know what app I need? I need a navigation app that knows my preferences, that I don't like to make unprotected left turns. I want the straight and simple, even if it takes longer. I don't want to get off the freeway just to go two blocks, but then have to like weave through traffic. No, yeah. I want, I want for, for nervous drivers such as myself, I want an app for me, the nervous driver. <laughs> and will the app be called the nervous driver? The, it should be called the nervous driver. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I love it. No unprotected left turns. Um, what else? What else? No like sudden lane changes. Like there's that certain part no. of um, what is it? The 101 
when I'm trying, okay, this is right by Radford where I, I take Laurel Canyon to the 101, but then I want to get on the 134 and I have approximately three quarters of a mile to get onto the 134 and I can't get over six lanes in a three quarters yes. of a mile. I don't want to yes. go that way. I don't want to go that way, ways or nervous driver or whatever. <laughs> I want to go around. I want to go the simple, the simple route, like take me down Ventura, even yeah. though that's also an unprotected left turn, but take me down Ventura and just get me on the 101 and I will take that all the way home. Listen, nervous driver is never going to make you do that insane. It will also never make you. This is um, the most like niche ep- like area of this podcast right next. Like, <laughs> if you only if you know the valley freeways, are you? But <laughs> when you do the 405 to the 101 and then if you're 405, now I'm on the 101 and I need to exit Van Nuys Boulevard. Oh, oh, yeah. Then you're. Just you're screwed. Hoping for the kindness of strangers. And pe- drivers are not kind, especially yeah. now. Since the pandemic, people are angry. They're mad. They don't let you in. They cut you off and they honk. I last night had this issue. Somebody, I was driving, tr- trying to just like go around a car that was going really slow. The car in front of me cut me off and then mm. immediately went slow. So I did my, I flashed my brights. Good, good. Wh- which, Felt fine, but looking yes. back, I was like, well, okay, that was dumb. And I had a moment where I was like, and that's... And this might be the end of Kim Moffat. So, yes. <laughs> so then he put on his brakes and I was <gasps> like, okay, now it's on. Oh, I'm no. tough. <laughs> I'm five, wow. one and a half. So right. then I... <laughs> Bring very it, baby. tough. So then I flashed my brights again, just one more time. Like, I see your... I want you to know that like, I see your stuff. I see your yeah. shit and I'm not impressed by this. Yeah. And he bought, put on his brakes again and really started going really slow. And I was like, okay, mm. I'm done with your thing. Your, your thing is dumb to me. So I went around him and got into a different lane and never thought about him again. Um, mm. Except that then he got behind me <gasps> and put on his brights. Oh my, not you're kidding his me. Brights, left his brights on. <gasps> Jokes oh on jerk. him. I had that litter box. Oh. box that my stepdad just made yeah. taking up the entire back of the car couldn't see him at all i could just kind of see it outside but i, I really ha, was like ha, ha. it was like a minute and a half where wow. like his brights on and i was like this guy's gonna what's he doing i'll tell you what that man for sure has a tiny penis and that <laughs> explains all of his actions <laughs> like it's obvious it is obvious he's overcompensating for smaller issues in his life Mm-hmm. And that's why he's chasing down a 5'1 woman but with his brights on for a minute and a half. What is wrong with people? I mean, people, are, people just need to calm down. Calm down. I agree. You're going to be okay. Yes. <sighs> rude. Rude. How rude. <laughs> it's not my, that's not my catchphrase, <laughs> but I'll use it. It's appropriate Don't right now. It just now. pops up out of nowhere. Whoa. whoa, 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 whoa. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going on a date next week. He seemed nice. Oh, nice. Excellent. Tell me how it goes. <laughs> Who's driving? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to walk. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my mom has questions for you. Oh yes. Let's get to the mom questions. Cause I was home. Um, Prep it, like you know, home for the holidays, mm-hmm. and it's January now when this episode airs. But oh, great! Okay, af- just after Thanksgiving that we're recording this, and so I was home, and she was asking me who my first guest was, and I was like, "It's obviously has to be AB." Obviously, and mm-hmm. um, she had questions for you. She nice. wanted me to ask, "What is your biggest 
parenting success so far? Very mom question. Very mom to mom question. Such a mom question. Oh, man. That's a hard question because I have teenagers uh, and I am in the thick of it. Like I've got a 19-year-old son named Tate and a 16-year-old daughter named Felicity, the aforementioned Felicity that pointed out when you were late. Um, (laughs) And yeah, like I'm just, I'm so I'm on edge all the time basically because raising teenagers is not for the faint of heart. Um, So what's my biggest parenting success? Well, they're still alive. So, I mean, that's a success right there. Wow. This is a good, this is a good question. Like hats off to your mom for, for just stepping right out of the gate with a, with a banger of a question. Um, (laughs) I would say the last like seven or eight months with Tate has been very rewarding because he has, uh, he's like crested the hill of assholery. Like he's been like a, a royal asshole for the last three years. And he won't mind me telling this because he'll admit it. He's like, yeah, I was an asshole. Like from 15 and a half on, like he was just there. It was just, it was rough. So now just in the last like, you know, six, seven, eight months or so, he's been like, you know what, mom, I'm sorry for everything that I put you through. You know what, mom, you were right. You know what, mom, I've learned a, B, C, D from you. Like he's validating me in ways that I've been waiting for, for 19 years. I haven't slept in 19 years. I've aged 40 years in the last 19 years. And to receive this type of validation from my adult child, he's technically an adult. I call him a baby adult because he's legally, he's an adult, but he still needs, you know, he still needs a lot of help with a lot of things, a lot of life things. Mm-hmm. So he's a baby adult. And, um, for him to have this perspective that I've been trying to like impart into him and, you know, just be like, son, you'll understand when you're older. Like, I feel like, you know, my mom, I'm like, you'll understand when, you know, when you're my age. Um, and he's, and it's happening, it's happening. So we're not a hundred percent there yet, but it is way better than it was a few years ago. And, um, it's great. Uh, now I'm waiting for Felicity to get there because I'm in the thick of it with her <laughs> right now. Um, and I do hear that once you re- once they reach like 24, 25, that's when like the frontal lobe has fully formed and they just suddenly they wake up and they're real adults and they're kind and like suddenly they're your friend. And I'm still waiting for that. Like we're not friends yet. We're, I'm still very much a parental figure. I'm more of like a mentor now um, because he's Tate is 19. So he can technically do whatever he wants, but I feel like I'm still a mentor. And um, yeah, it's just, it's been a beautiful, rewarding, satisfactory relationship over the last six months. And uh, I, I, I will survive. Like I, I like the song. I will <laughs> survive the next few years, I think. Ask me next week and I'll have a totally different answer. But for this week, <laughs> that's my answer. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like your relationship with your mom and dad kind of followed that same trajectory? A hundred percent. I remember wild. being a jerk. I was so mean to my mom and I feel so guilty about it. But I spent an abnormal amount of time with my mom being a child actor Cause yeah. she was my legal guardian and she was my driver. So we spent hours on the one Oh one freeway in traffic. Um, and then hours on set in the dressing room every single day. And so I was just, I was mean to her. I was just rude and like dismissive. And I thought she was an idiot. And, and my, my dad too, like he's not exempt from this. Like I thought, well, my parents don't understand. They don't know anything. 
And now that I am the age they were, when I was a teenager, I was just like, oh yeah, I, I didn't know anything. I was just a little twit. Um, and I feel bad about that. But you know, once you go off to college, you experience some real life, you're kind of on your own a little bit for the first time, you, you develop a much greater appreciation for what your parents went through, what you put your parents through, and uh, just all the things they do that you never even realized when you were in the thick of it as a teenager. So yeah, uh, it, like my, my kids are following the same trajectory that I did. Um, so yeah, they just need to go to college. Maybe I'll get Felicity, maybe Felicity needs to like, you know, just zoom right through her high school years. Let's get her into college next fall. That's what I'm going to do. She needs to go to college, okay. live on her own, do her own laundry, um, pay some bills on her own, get a checking account. Yeah, that's, that's my new goal is to get her to college by, at age 16. That's a, it's a Doogie Howser thing. That's easy, right? Simple. Very, it seemed very easy for him. So easy for him. Effortless, right? Yeah. You get mm-hmm. to meet a bunch of newspapers. Mm. Kind of my dream. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's wild to hear you say that because I met you as an adult. Mm. So, okay. and knew your parents and like have gotten to know your dad uh, especially over the last couple of years, and like getting to know them during Fuller and seeing your relationship with them as an adult. It's wild to think. And also just like knowing and loving your parents as much as I do. Uh-huh. It's wild to think that there could have been any argument. Right. <laughs> it's hard to believe but, now. Yeah. You know, of, that's, you know, of course. Yeah. How no, I, I have, I have vivid memories and like one, of, I'm sure this isn't the worst one, but the one that sticks with me that I feel so guilty about is, um, on Mother's Day, I, for whatever reason, made plans to go out with my best friend, Ellen, and her mom. Like, I think we were going to church or like, I think we were going to like church and brunch or something like that. And I chose to go with my best friend and her mom. Never said a word to my mom, like no happy Mother's Day, no card, nothing. And she watched me walk out the door, down the driveway, give my best friend's mother a huge hug and get in the car and drive away. And I'm just like, what, what was I thinking? Like that, like talk about a dagger to the heart. Isn't that terrible? What a shitty thing to do. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, but that was a shitty thing to do. And I felt so bad about that, that it's, it has stayed with me for 25 something years Yeah, because I feel like that was such a shithead thing to do. And you know, my mom still loved me, even though I did that. I yeah. would be so heartbroken if my kids did that to me on Mother's Day. Well, my kids have done other things. I told you how Tate ran away the, for the first yeah. time on Mother's Day. So yeah, no, my kids have yeah. done other things that have been, you know, uh, a little not so great. But um, <laughs> yeah, anyways, that's the memory. Now that I've, conf- this is like a confessional now. So welcome yeah. to my confessional with uh, Father Kim. And uh, (laughs) I'm really happy that I've gotten that off my chest. So thank you. Thank you for this, this cathartic experience. You're welcome. Wow. Do you want to dive deeper into it? Do you want (laughs) to? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to, I'll drink my, drink my, uh, my communion here and uh, repent. So we're both drinking margaritas. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm going to come back to more mom questions only because she gave me, she had a sick burn, but I want to ask first. Okay. Um, what is the, like when you're making them at home, what is your margarita recipe? Oh, I don't make them at home. <laughs> <laughs> don't be silly. Okay. Um, so the recipe at home is don't make them at home. The recipe at home is don't, the recipe at home is go to the market and just get Jose Cuervo in a tiny, like so, one serving thing. So you don't, 
make bad decisions. Um, well, but the <laughs> you reason and me bad decisions with the margaritas? <laughs> well, for margaritas, no, no. Well, you know this, but the audience doesn't know that the reason why I love margaritas is because my favorite restaurant is El Cholo, and they are famous for their famous Cadillac margaritas. And there's a very specific way to drink it, as I've showed you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I love margaritas. I love the El Cholo Cadillac margarita. That's where this all or originated. And so when you're like, oh, make it at home. Well, I mean, I can, sure. Or I can just drive down the street and go to El Cholo and order a Cadillac. And it's much better that way. Yeah. I, it tastes better when someone else makes it. That's true. That is true. And they're so good there. They're so good. They're very strong. They're yeah. great. And the and the Cadillac has the Grand Grand Marinier. It comes with a shot of Grand Marinier. So you have to, this is how you do it. You have your cup and then you have your shot of Grand Marinier. I don't have a shot with me. But you pour the shot in the cup. Then you put the shot glass down. Then you take your straw and you put your finger on top and you you suck up some of the, the margarita in the straw pour it back into the, the shot glass and swirl it around and pour it back in your cup. So you are not missing a single drop of that coveted Grand Marinier. That is the only way to drink it. If you choose a different way to drink it, I will leave the table immediately. I'm very serious about how I drink my Cadillac margaritas. (laughs) I'm passionate about this. Can you tell? (laughs) You and I have... uh... Yeah, you taught me how to do this. Yeah, I did. I taught you yeah. and well, my dad taught me and I taught you and you know, we're just passing it down to generation after generation. This is the <laughs> legacy I want to leave on this earth is how to properly drink a Cadillac margarita. Well, it's an honor to have learned. It is for both of us. It is. <laughs> and you and I have bonded over many, many a Cadillac or two, Me- sometimes yeah. three. Sometimes <laughs> you never know. three. And um, that's not good. Two is the max. Two has to be the max. Two is for sure the max. Do not take that third one as much. Even if you've been there for hours, don't take the third margarita. Just stop it too. (laughs) Just stop. Because I'm just remembering, like you've been there, you're going there like as a child, you've been there your entire life. Mm -hmm. The server said to you, there's a photo of you on the wall. Oh yeah. The server said to you, well, I've never seen you have three margaritas. Right? He knows. He knows. He was like, oh, yikes. <laughs> yeah, he was like, like he was like, had shifty eyes. He was like, what the, what are, why are they ordering a third margarita? But it's okay. It, we, you know, I, I called my driver. I was like, come pick me up. I can't drive. So we were very uh, responsible. Yes, indeed. Yes, always. Mm-hmm. Um. My mom, you don't have to answer this question. I'm only going to relay the question because it ended up being a little bit of a question and a lot of a sick burn. She Ooh, asked, what is your, uh, yeah, on me, not on you, never oh. on you. Oh, okay. Uh, um, she asked, you know, what is your greatest parenting success? Oh, and okay. then also she said, what is your greatest parenting failure so far? And then she looked oh. at me and said, you know, cause you'll have a lot. Like I, oh, no. she gestured I, to you. Yeah. She gestured to me. Not unlike somebody recently gestured to me when they were talking about being, oh, when I was a kid, I was shorter. And oh, right. <laughs> Even though Sorry. we're basically the same height. <laughs> so it's a similar, similar gesture there. But, uh, I didn't mean it that, I mean, it came off that way. I didn't really yeah. mean it that way, but yeah, I would have been offended too. So I, I apologize for <laughs> insinuating that you were the short one, even though, I mean, you're only an inch shorter than I am. So we're both the short yeah. one. You know? Yeah. 
I still liked it. It was funny. It was great. Your mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your mom. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So my greatest parenting failure. How much time have you got? Um, <laughs> this might have to be a two-parter. Um, that's that's really hard. Um, because there's a lot of there's a lot of peaks and valleys, you know, and and a lot of valleys for sure. Um, and you got to get past them before you you see the silver lining and realize why why did I go through all of this? Well, it's because it teaches you a lesson. Um, but my greatest, I don't, I don't know. I have struggled. Okay, I'm about to be serious here for a minute. Whoa, what is going on? Whoa. I have struck. I struggled a lot um, when I got divorced because I came from a long line of very long-term marriages. Like my my parents were married for fifty six, fifty seven years. Um, at the time my mom passed, my brothers have both been married for twenty plus years, and so it just wasn't an experience I was used to. Was being in a in a divorced family, um, and then I got divorced after nine and a half years. And it was very foreign to me. And I was just like, oh my God, am I ruining my kid's childhood? Because I'm not giving them the childhood that I had, which was a great childhood. Um, So I struggled with that for a really long time. And I still kind of struggle with it to this day when it comes to like holidays and and stuff like that. Um, But I don't know if I'd call it a failure because it's not a failure when your marriage ends and then you create a new life and new memories and new traditions with your kids. And now they've got more people that love them. And that is ultimately what is most important is that they've got, you know, my boyfriend, Michael loves them. And then they have a stepmom, um, uh, Kelly, who loves them. And they have a little sister named Abby who adores them. And that, I mean, that is always the best when you have more people to love and care for you. Um, and they have two of everything. They got two homes, two bedrooms, two Christmases. I mean, Felicity was the poster child for divorce in the early years. Like she was like, this is great. I get two, two birthday parties. I get two of everything. Uh, so she loved it for a long time. So I had to kind of reframe my thinking. What I thought was a failure on my part really isn't a failure. It's just about reframing the way you think about things and, um, redefining what family means. That's what I had to do was redefine what family means. So now when we have birthday parties or, you know, kid celebrations, we do it all together with my ex-husband, his wife, my boyfriend. Like we just have, it's like our blended family is our new family unit. You know, it's not a broken family. It's a blended family. And we're very fortunate that my ex-husband and I get along great. Um, we're friends. I love his wife. She's fantastic. <laughs> I was like, okay, we can get him out of the way. You know, she and I could just be friends and go out all the time. Um, but yeah. And so it's just, it's, it's a re it's redefining what family means. And it took me a long time and a lot of therapy to get to that point. So ultimately I would say this failure turned into a success. Is that the lesson here? I don't know. This is kind of like therapy, you know? This is a little bit like, uh, <laughs> let's unpack. Let's unpack this. No, yeah, I've unpacked it. There. Um, so yeah, that, it, took a lot of, it took a lot of reframing for me. And Michael, my boyfriend, was very helpful because uh, he comes from a blended family. Um, and his mom and dad were both divorced. And so, well, together, yeah, they, were, they divorced each other. And um, <laughs> so he was able to, and, and, they, and they divorced when he was very, very young. So he doesn't, know any other way of life. He was just like this. It's not a bad thing. It's just, it is what it is. And that's how we grew up. And so he's been very helpful in helping me navigate all of that. So yeah. Besides that, I don't know what my other failure is. I don't know. I I didn't get on my kids enough to clean their rooms. Like they're very (laughs) messy. They're both very messy hoarder type 
uncleanliness levels. So maybe I should have, <laughs> maybe I should have come down on them a little harder. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to ask my therapist this very question. What is my greatest parenting failure? I'll report back. It's funny you say that. We actually have your therapist on the line right now. So she's the next guest and we're going to, we're going to let her in and then we're going to have a conversation about this. Oh yeah. She'll have a lot to tell you. She's been my therapist for over 10 years. So, uh, she has a lot of stories, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say that because I, my parents got divorced when I was in separated when I was in fifth grade, Okay, I think. And then, um, uh, went got divorced. So I guess fifth grade is probably when they, I would say they basically got divorced. Um, and I never once thought to myself like, Oh, this is a failure on their, like a failure of parenting. I never really thought it was a failure at all. Right. Right. In any way. I never really, I, this is probably something to unpack with the therapist, which is I didn't give it that much thought in general. (laughs) Yeah. That's how Michael feels too. He's just like, what do you mean? This isn't a failure. This is life. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely never was like, oh, this is a parenting failure. Oh, okay. I, they have failed me in many other ways. In many other ways. Yes. Many. But not- and you and I have talked about that. No, because my mom's going <laughs> to definitely listen. We talk about that often. Uh, <laughs> um, just as serious of a question, um, mm. not to make this like a very serious podcast, but just as serious it. of a question. What did you steal from the Full House set mm. when this show wrapped? Well, this might be too emotional for me to talk about this. I don't know. Um, <laughs> very serious topics we are covering here on mm-hmm. Kim Moffat as a fan. Um, I stole I stole a few things, not uh, not as many things as I could have. I was it was like because you remember that you were there the last night of. Are we talking about Full House or Fuller House? First well, of all? I want to know or for both. 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 Okay. Well, for full, for full house, that's an easy question. I took nothing. <laughs> I took what? nothing. No, because I mean, I, first of all, as a kid, it's not like I was going to go raid the sets as a kid. And also yeah. the kind, the wardrobe department, they were so kind. They were like, Hey kids, you know, take any of the wardrobe that you want, you know, because what, what are we going to do with all these clothes? So just take your costumes, take your wardrobe. And I was Kimmy Gibbler. So I was just like, hell no, I'm not taking <laughs> any of these clothes home because they are heinous. I hate it. I hated all of my wardrobe as Kimmy Gibbler. Well, not all, but 92%. Um, So I didn't take anything from Full House. I mean, I have all the scripts. I've got a ton of Full House scripts and drafts and shooting drafts and table drafts and all the drafts. Um, And I have all the merch. I've got, do I have any here? I think it's all in my closet or in my garage, but I have like wrap gifts uh, cardigans, mugs, uh, bowling shirts. Um, what else do I have? Just all, all the wrap gifts. I kept all of those things, but I didn't steal anything from the set, if that makes sense. So that's the question for full house, fuller house, a little bit different. So you were there on the final taping night. So they call, you know, it was the last scene they call cut. We are all cry- like everyone on the stage was crying, not only on the set, but like everyone in the audience was crying. The camera aisle was filled with people just saw Like I looked over and I saw my kids were crying and I'm like, what this, my kids are touched enough that they're crying. This is amazing. Um, so yeah, it was super emotional. And, and then the curtain call was super emotional. We were crying through curtain call. We all hugged each other at the end. And that lasted approximately three minutes after curtain call. And after that, it was like a flea market slash shopping spree 
but with no money involved. Like everybody just like ran through the sets, taking everything that they could. And poor, was it Coral? I don't know which producer it was. I think it was Coral, our line producer, who was like, wait, you can't take, everything is, is coded with code. Like this all is property of Warner Brothers. You can't just take anything you want. It all has barcodes on the back. So then she had to go around like looking for, like checking everybody out, practically patting us down to see what we took. <laughs> so, and there's a very funny story, which I won't tell. I'll save it because I assume Jody's going to be on the podcast at some point. I'm going to so make I will, tell the story. I will, yeah, let, I'll let, let's let her tell that story of what she took. And the process of how it all went down. There's a little teaser for you for the an upcoming episode. Um, but what I did get to take, I thought it was very conservative. So I I kept this, I don't know if you can see this, my cookie jar. Yeah. This is a cookie jar that is in the shape of a San Francisco uh, Victorian house. And this was in the kitchen set. It's got some little chips, like it has chips on it. So it's it's been handled before. Um, but yeah, that was in the kitchen set. Um, I have... This picture of the she-wolves, there's, so this was on the, the mantle of the fireplace and it's me, Candace and Jody. Um, we are teenagers. I don't know how old we are here. I'm going to say Candace and I were probably 16, which means Jody was what, 11, 10 or 11, something like that. Anyway, so this is one of those real life pictures that was framed and put, um, on the fireplace mantle in the living room. Um, I kept a lot of my costumes because the Kimmy Gibbler wardrobe of Fuller house was fantastic. Like that would talk about a redemption arc. Like her costumes were great. So I kept a lot of the iconic costumes, like the new kids on the block concert outfit, which was handmade by our wonderful seamstress, Margaret, um, who took the, the new kids on the block bed sheets and made me like a custom skirt out of bed sheets. Like it was just a dream come true. Amazing. Amazing. I kept, um, what else did I keep? I kept the wardrobe that I wore in the episode that I wrote, which was about college tours. And so I had like college swag, like a sweatshirt with California University or whatever was printed on there. Um, and I kept all my scarves, which I have. I just have here at the ready. I have like my bacon and egg scarf. Nice. Um, I've got like my hamburger scarf. I've got like all of my, it's a lot of food. I've got cupcake yeah. scarf. Um, what else? Pizza scarf, pencil scarf. Lots of things. Um, I'll keep this short and not go through all of my scarves. Um, and then the most important thing, I know you're just waiting for me to get to this, Kim. <laughs> the most important oh, no. thing I kept mm-hmm. is this little guy. This little <laughs> guy right here. Listen, I wasn't like, oh, hurry up and get to it, but I was excited. Oh, oh totally. <laughs> I'm excited too. I couldn't wait to get to this. So this is a bust of Ben Franklin, <laughs> which <laughs> makes no sense, except that it was on the desk in the kitchen set. Why? I don't know. But Jody and I were fascinated with this bust. And we were like, you know what? This looks like our executive producer, Bob Boyette, because he had the same haircut during the later seasons of Fuller House. He like grew his hair out long. Like, and he's an older man. He won't mind me saying that. He's, you know, a man of a certain age. He's lived an amazing life who has Mm -hmm. produced all of the most classic sitcoms in the world. Plus he, he produces Broadway shows. Like he's a very accomplished man and he he doesn't have time to like, you know, do his hair. So he just grew it out. He grew out his little gray locks, a little bit curly on the bottom. And he looked a lot like Ben Franklin. And it was the same hairdo. So 
I was like, I got to take Ben home. So yeah, this is my little tribute to Bob Boyette and, and Jody. And uh, I keep him right here. He watches over me like an angel. <laughs> and it's the most random story. It's so funny to you and to me and everyone else is like, are they okay? Why is this funny? But just trust me. It's funny. It's super funny. Because it's accurate. It's so accurate. Why does he look so much like Bob Boyette? Like that is like, did Bob Boyette make a bust of himself and just name it Ben Franklin? I don't know. I would, honestly, I'd love it if so. (laughs) Please, please. It's an uncanny resemblance. And I love it. Yeah. I do love it. And also this donut. Oh, I just noticed I have a donut purse. That's a Kimmy Gibbler purse. Um, oh, I have, oh, look, I've got, I have all sorts of stuff behind me. Hang on. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Let's hope I don't knock over my entire bookshelf here. I've got, um, this is the 3d rendering. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. So Jerry Dunn, who was our, our like set designer dude, um, he had these 3d renderings of every set of every room of the Fuller house. Mm-hmm. And so this is Kimmy's room. This is the attic. I guess you could look at it this way and that's better. Um, so it's really so cool. cool. I don't even know how he made this, but this is like a very complicated high school project. Um, <laughs> but anyways, no, it's, it's great. It's fantastic. Jody took one. Jody, I think took the living room set. I don't know if Candace took one or not. Um, but I have it up here on display. That's, that's very, very cool. Those were it's always cool. my favorite. He made them for everything, like all the swing sets. Really? Everything. That's um, dedication. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I've never seen that done on any other show. Yeah. I don't know. I know that like the producers have to approve like any new sets they have to look, but it, I thought it was always like a drawing. I didn't know it was like a whole 3D situation. Um, so I don't know if Jerry just did that out of the love of Full House or Fuller House. I don't know. Or if that's his standard procedure, I, I have no idea. Next time I see him, I will ask him. Please do. Please I will. Ask him. I must know. Between, I must also, we'll make this a two-parter when Jerry answers the question, and Mm. then that'll be the part two. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. Um, Between Full and Fuller, did you ever think about where Kimmy was in life? Like, what was she doing? Did I ever think about it? No, I never thought about it till till Fuller came came about. But I, I thought about never it once Fuller your mind again. Love it. No, I never thought of it. No, I didn't really think about the characters. Like I kept in touch with the cast, of course. Uh, yeah, obviously, of course. we never lost touch. But as far as the characters, no, I never really thought about it until we started developing Fuller, and then I was like, oh yeah, what has Kimmy been doing this whole time? And Jeff Franklin, the creator of both shows, we sat down and he was like, so what do you think as as a career for? for Kimmy Gibbler, like, um, and we went through a few, a few options. I'm trying to think like a fashion designer. That would have been a good one, actually. Um, fashion designer. I can't remember what else, but we landed on party planning pretty quickly because I'm like, okay, that can be, it's creative. It's something that Kimmy as an extroverted person would enjoy. Um, it's social and, who doesn't want to plan parties all the time like that? You know, it's Kimmy Gibbler. She loves to party. So that seemed like a very appropriate career path for her. And I, yeah, what did she do? I wish, you know what we should do? Cause everyone says, Oh, are you going to do a fullest house? Are you gonna do a third iteration of the show? Which I don't have answers for that. I really don't know. Like until oh, some until s- negotiations. Oh, you are. Oh, you're in the yes. middle. Oh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, why wasn't I told? 
we'll tell you, we don't want you to start guessing where your character is. <laughs> we don't want you to start no. thinking about the character. I'm not going to think that. about it. Until somebody puts a contract on my desk, I refuse to think about where Kimmy Gibbler is in life right now as a 47-year-old. Um, what was my point? I've lost track. <laughs> I've lost track of what I was saying. Oh, I interrupted you. I'm really good No, that's this. okay. That's okay. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. So is there going to be a full list house? I don't know. Nobody's called me. Um, it's kind of weird to think about since Bob isn't here anymore. So I'm like, could we even do it? Maybe. I don't know. But we should do like in between, we should do those in between years, between full and fuller. Let's do like the college years for DJ and Kimmy or the like the dating years between Kimmy and Fernando. You know, let's meet um, Mr. Fuller, DJ's first husband. Like how did they meet? Let's see their wedding. Let's see the birth of her first child. Let's see the birth of Kimmy's child, Ramona. Like I want to see the middle years, even though I can't yeah. play that character anymore because I'm so much older. That's okay. That you can do. We're, we're all being replaced by AI anyway, so I'm sure they can do <laughs> a wonderful CGI and make me look, you know, 20 years younger. But um, I would love to see those middle years. Me too. Not fullest, but like fullish house. Oh my goodness. Full. Okay. Well, now we can't keep this part in the show because you had to go pitch this immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'll be right back. I gotta go call uh I gotta go call Peter Roth right now. <laughs> Sorry. Please hold. We'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait. We'll wait. Just wait. <laughs> um, who would play like a um a college age Kimmy Gibbler? Mm. You know, you know who? Sony Brinkus. She should play. Kimmy Gibbler. Like, why not? She played there Ramona. She played my child as a 13 year old, 13, 14, 15. So she should play. And she's in college now. So she could totally nail this part. And she nailed, she nailed the role of Ramona as she had, she had like my, my movements down, my little, my eye, you know, my eye movements, my facial gestures. She nailed all of those. So I'm going to nominate her to play college Kimmy Gibbler. She'd be excellent. I think she does not get enough notoriety outside no. of people that know her for her impressions. Oh yeah. She's unbelievably talented <laughs> like that. And she's, she's so, so smart, talented. so yeah. smart, oh, so talented and so kind too. So down to earth. Like I just love her. Love yeah. her. Yeah. Let's, she's let's get awesome. her back. Let's just dial her in. Let's dial her in right now. Okay. See. Let's do it. <laughs> let's pitch <It's> a <laughs> foolish house. <laughs> <laughs> and she can play the role of college 20-year-old Kimmy Gibbler. She's going to say yes immediately. For sure. She's going to graduate college this year. She What? She's yeah. graduating? Wow. Where yeah. have I been? You know, the pandemic really screwed with my sense of time. Yeah. Like, where have the last three years gone? I don't know. Heck, I don't know. I like, know. I don't feel three years older. I, I feel 20 years older, but I don't feel three <laughs> years older. That's for yeah. sure. Now I want to ask you about a different project. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about the project that is always top of mind for me. It's always oh. my most important. It's always just my first thought in the morning. Last thought when I lay my little head down at night. Oh, what's this? Um, are Mel and I the only people you've ever met that are so, or even heard of, that are so obsessed with to grandmother's house we go? 100%. <laughs> it, no other, no one exists on this planet that is more obsessed with two grandmothers house we go, which is weird because that I'm credited as being in that film and I wasn't yeah. in that film. 
That's the only reason why you like me is because I have that credit to my name, even though it's undeserved. That's the only reason you're my friend is because of my weird, unrelated association with this movie. I mean, I'd like to fight back, of course. Uh, You're one of my very favorite people in the world. You're one of my closest friends. The thing is that I didn't know that you weren't actually in the movie until I had already gotten to know you and put in the work. Oh, good, good, good. Okay. So who knows? Even even more. I'm going to blow your mind even more now. Okay. I've never seen Grandmother's House you go. All right, she's no! walking away. She's walking away. We're ending the podcast right now. <laughs> I feel is... guilty. Like, are, we, are you still going to be my friend, even though I haven't seen? It's and I haven't seen Legally Blonde, Red, White, and Blue. I haven't Legally seen that either. Two Red, White, and Blue. Oh, sorry. Red, White, sorry. sorry. Red, White, <laughs> Legally Blonde, two Red, White, and Blue. I'm all fucking confused now because of the Wait. To Grandmother's House We Go thing. It's Legally, Legally Blonde, blonde two. 2, Red, White, and and blonde. And blonde. Oh, I didn't even get the title right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Our friendship it's is on so shaky good. ground right now. It's uh, it's not great right now. It's for not sure. great. Yeah, it's not great. I'm going to have to prove myself. Persevere. Okay. <laughs> Did you know that hmm. on IMDb, speaking of how IMDb has a million things wrong. Oh, totally. <laughs> Did you know under parents that your dad is uh, written there as Donald Banks? What? Are you kidding me? Donald Banks? Yeah. That's so weird. Who's Donald Banks? Does it is it a clickable? Is it a clickable no. link or it's just his name? Just his name. He's probably still flattered. It doesn't matter that it's wrong. <laughs> He's for sure still flattered. He's going to brag. He's going to yeah. brag to all the residents at his residence home, to, you know, at dinner time. He's going to be like, "Look, Donald Banks, that's me." That's me. <laughs> Wow, what else do they have wrong? That's uh that's a little scary that IMDB is so wrong. Those are two pretty big things. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to write. I'm gonna have to is this is IMDB, can you is it like Wikipedia where anyone can oh that's why. Because yeah. anyone can make changes. Um I always maintain that the Spice World, you know the movie Spice World? Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? I'm sure I did back in the day. It's been a while, but I'm a huge fan of okay. the Spice Girls. So I'm sure okay. I saw it back in back in the 90s. Good. Because mm-hmm. you must. It's a mandatory. You must. Mandatory. Yeah. Their fun facts on IMDb are the best. Really? <gasps> they're so absurd. And I don't know how much I believe any of them, but they're very silly. And I just recommend that if anybody's having a bad day, they go check out the Spice World <laughs> Fun facts on IMDb. I'm going to look that up too. As soon as we finish this, I'm going to submit my (laughs) own fun facts. I'm going to read Spice World fun facts. I'm going to watch Spice World. Then I'm going to watch Two Grandmothers House We Go. Then I will get to Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde. Okay. Then I've got homework. (laughs) Then you still can't go to bed because then Speed 2 Cruise Control because I have (sighs) to know which one you like better. Based on name alone, which is better? Well, Legally Blonde 2. Red, white, and blonde. Speed two cruise control. I don't know. I wasn't a huge fan of the first speed. I mean, it was fine, but it wasn't like it didn't blow my mind. I didn't. I wouldn't watch it over and over like I would Legally Blonde. I'll watch it for you. I'll I'll watch anything for you and give you an unbiased opinion. But I'm just telling you now, based on the first speed, and based on the titles of the sequels, sure, 
I mean, Reese Witherspoon has this in the bag. Sorry. I, it's give really it to hard. I know. I, I never wanted, I never want to take anything away from her. Obviously. No, no. obviously. Like she is the goat. Speed two cruise controls. The thing I like about speed two cruise control, um, is that the title is based on the thing that saves them in the first movie. Cruise control. Oh. But it takes place on a cruise. Oh, it's on a cruise? Oh, that's way it's more interesting than, than the freeway than the freeway that the first and one. Also, it's a different guy, same lady. Sa- it's and not also Keanu? Speaking, it's not Keanu. I don't oh. remember who it is. Hang on one second. I can answer this question. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Wait, where are you going? <laughs> Kim has left the building, ladies and gentlemen. Kim is back in the building, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> because I own the VHS. Ah, old school. I love it. Yeah. It stars um, Jason Patrick. That name is familiar. What else has he been in? I don't know. We don't know anyone's name or credits in this in this. In this <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> okay, so Jason Patrick. Um, I don't know what else he's been in, but okay. I could get on board with this. And I I think I respect Keanu Reeves a lot. Mm -hmm. He's not the most emotive actor. Yeah. He's really good in his serious roles, but I like an actor with some, you know, light and shade, someone who can do both comedy and drama. And I think Keanu is, well, no, but he did. He was funny in Bill and Ted. Wasn't he in Bill and Ted? Yeah. So maybe he does. It was just in, in speed one. Mm -hmm. It was all, he was all serious all the time. There was no comedy. Well, there was a lot writing on things there. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, since it's a different actor and since it's on a cruise ship, I got to watch this movie too. <laughs> I have a lot to do. I got to go. <laughs> like I have a lot of homework. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up. I no, do no, no. have the, to grandmother's house, we go DVD as well. Signed by Jeff and Boyd. Wait, really? Oh, yeah. Yay. So, <laughs> that's the other part of the to grandmother's house. We go lore for lore. anyone listening is that uh, it was also, Directed by and co-written by Jeff Franklin Aww. and Boyd Hale, one Love of the him. writers on Full House and Fuller House, and just like mm-hmm. the coolest dude. So cool. The, so easy like, going. Nothing stresses yes. him out ever. No. He's he got, so easy I going. saw him the last time I saw him was a year ago. Mm-hmm. And um they just had how old was the baby? Oh, um, like nine months or so. Oh, he has a, fre- a, a fresh baby. Oh, a fresh baby. Could well, nine not be any fresh. more chill. Really? Could not be. I was like, wow. dude. I want what he's having. Like what, <laughs> what kind of cocktails he having? I want that. <laughs> I think that's just his life. He's yeah. like a painter also. I don't know. Really? He wrote it also though with Jeff though. Nice. Nice. So that means it's quality right there. Just based Absolutely. on the writing and directing. Okay. I will but like put those DVDs aside. Okay. I think I still have a DVD player somewhere <laughs> in my home. <laughs> well, Otherwise, I'll borrow that too. <laughs> perfect. This is a VHS. Oh, it's a VHS. Oh, I don't have a the VHS Speed tape. Two, Speed 2 Cruise Control is a VHS, but I do have a VCR, so we'll be okay. Okay, I'll have to borrow your VCR then. <laughs> or rent one. <laughs> oh, this is great. We're really dating ourselves here. <laughs> um, oh, my. Hey. <laughs> What yes. is the most surprise? What has been the most surprising thing about doing How Rude Tanneritos with Jody? Oh man, <laughs> what what hasn't been surprising? The whole thing has been surprising. Um, you know what I didn't? Re- okay, so I'm watching. We're rewatching all of Full House, starting with the pilot, 
Uh, we've almost gotten through all of season one so far. We're like one episode shy of finishing season one. And I didn't realize how much of a man whore Jesse is. <laughs> okay, so the show, you know the lore that Full House was originally supposed to be House of Comics. It wasn't ever supposed to be a family show. It was supposed to about be about three guy comedians living in a bachelor pad. No kids involved. But when Jeff Franklin got into the room to pitch it, ABC was like, you know what? We really want a family show. We're excited to hear your pitch. And he was like, uh, okay. So he just totally like rewrote his pitch on the fly and added three girls and made Danny a widow and, and just made up this whole thing. Um, but you can see shades of House of Comics in these first few episodes of season one. Um, there's a few episodes where the, you know, the, the girls, the children really aren't involved a whole lot. They go off to grandma's to spend the night and the guys do their shenanigans. Um, but Jesse does a lot of dating. Like there's a lot of women in the, that are running through the full house. He's kissing a lot of women in front of the girls. And I'm no prude, but I know that full house, I mean, that is a family friendly, it's a family show. You don't need, yeah. you don't need Jesse chasing tail. You don't need him. <laughs> having sleepovers in the full house. No, that is not a thing. So I'm surprised. I was surprised to see that, that how much of a man whore that he is. Um, what else has surprised me? You know, it's been surprising. So not about the show, but just about podcasting in general, because this is my very first time as a host of a podcast. Um, and it's a really different skill set for me, which I didn't realize. I thought, Oh, I'm a performer. I know Full House. This is going to be a snap. No, it's way more difficult. Um, I didn't realize how much I rely on my facial expressions to get across what I'm trying to say. And so when I have to just rely on my voice, it's a, it's a little bit harder. Also, I'm an actor, so I'm used to memorizing things and working out the kinks and practicing and rehearsing before I utter whatever sentence I'm going to utter. So doing a podcast where you're just like, you know, talking about things, you know, you know, off the fly and off the cuff, whatever that expression is. See, I'm, I'm getting this wrong too. Um, it's difficult. It's, I, I find myself like starting a sentence and then rewinding, wanting to edit what I've already said. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. You can't do that when you're kind of doing, it's not a live podcast, but it kind of is because they don't edit a whole lot of our podcasts. So it's just like, whatever goes, goes, you know, if we mess up, they keep it in. So um, it's been very different. Um, and all, always enjoyable because Jody is a blast and she's so good at all of this, all the improv. She's so quick. She's so witty and so funny. Uh, and she makes it very easy and very fun. But for the first few, first few weeks of, of recording the podcast, I was like, oh, this is way harder than I anticipated. So I have a, a whole new appreciation for podcasters, and what they do and the amount of research that goes into each episode. Like I had no idea that you have to like plan out, like we don't plan out what we're going to, what we're going to say, but we have like bullet points. Um, and the recap, you know, we have to like plan out we have to, I write the recap. Um, so we know, you know, we go scene by scene and talk about behind the scenes stuff and funny stories. Um, but we don't plan out what we're going to say in advance. So a lot of it is improv and, um, I, I just have a whole new respect for you guys. You, Kim, the 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 host of 50 podcasts now. <laughs> you. And uh, it's not easy. It's not easy. So hats off to you. Mm. 
Thank you. And thank you particularly for getting to the core of the question, which was, I just wanted a compliment. So I'm glad that that's where we got to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, that makes up for me calling you short last week or two weeks ago. And that makes up for your mom insinuating (laughs) that you might be a parenting parenting failure, a parenting mistake. Oh my God. Wow. Not there. There's no amount of B12 shots that will make up for that. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But like lovingly, lovingly. Lovingly, Yes. Everyone needs a a gentle ribbing now and then I'm all in favor of that. Yeah, I agree. That's, um, I feel like that's my love language is like gentle ribbing. (laughs) Wait, hang on. (laughs) Hang on. Let's not go Um, there. (laughs) Jody would have a lot to say about this right now if she was here. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm nervous for her episode now. You should be. It'll be unhinged. It'll be unhinged. It'll go off the rails. You'll never stay on topic. And that's what makes it magical. That's perfect. <laughs> that's Jody. That's yeah. Jody. Unpredictable. Um, this is a real random one. Okay. Love it. Um bring it on. Do you know Harry Potter enough to know? Do you know Harry Potter at all? Well, I read Not all the personally. books. I read all the books, but it was like 20 years ago, so I'm not refreshed, but I did read all seven books initially when they came out. What would your eight, I'm rereading them right now. I reread them during Christmas. You do? Ooh. Yes. I love that. I haven't read our book club books, but I am rereading an eight series, (laughs) eight books ahead of Christmas, but uh, Very important. I haven't read the latest book club book either, but I downloaded it on my Kindle, so- I'm a step ahead of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are. Um, What would your eight horcruxes be? Wait, a horcrux. Wait, what is a horcrux? A horcrux is is how Voldemort stays alive. So, like, if you wanted to, but I'm going to make it like nice. When he did it, it was bad. It was bad, right? Right. Um, like to keep your personal spirit alive, Mm. what would be eight places that you would tuck just like a little bit into? Eight places? Places or things or like, I, you know, whatever. Hmm. Speed 2 Cruise Control could be one. Uh, you oh. know, whatever. Okay, well, a New Kids on the Block concert or anything New Kids on the Block. New Kids on the Block cruise. Like, that is for sure. Like, that, that, that is like blood through my veins. Um, okay, so anything New Kids on the Block, for sure. Okay. That's one. Um, well, Cadillac Margaritas, like, that is fueling my body. At the, you know, that is like... <laughs> More than water or vegetables, like it is kind of like margaritas for sure. So that's two. Um, I would say, well, my friendships, like my friendships are just irreplaceable. Like there's nothing like having a margarita with a good friend like we're doing right now. Um, But yeah, out of all the relationships, my romantic relationships or my parenting relationships, it's my girlfriend relationships that are super important. Could not live without you guys. So definitely you are one of my horror cruxes. Oh, um, it's the nicest thing. I know you can pay me later. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. The, my mom a has a check later. for you in the mail. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else, what else? Oh, my dog, my dog, Holly. Mm. She's not in the room right now. I banished her. Um, but yeah, my little poodle, Holly, she's the sweetest thing. She's 16 years old. So she's, she's my old lady. 
Um, but yeah, she is my soulmate, like more so than Michael. Like, and he, he will agree with that. She is my soulmate. Like I love her so much. Uh, she gives me life. Um, notice I haven't mentioned my kids yet. <laughs> They'll understand. They'll they give understand. me, it's fine. they're taking years off of my life. So I don't know <laughs> yeah. if they can count as a horror crux. I love them to death, but they're not elongating my life. That's for sure. Oh, plants. I've got like, you see, I've got like my little plant right here. This is my, my Hoya, my, my Hoya Crimson Queen. That's the name of this plant. Love it. Um, I've got four fiddly figs. I have, um, what other type of plants do I have? All sorts of plants. And I love them. I mean, this time of year they're, they're hibernating, but in the summertime, oh, when they, you, you, you tend to them, you give them attention and they grow. It's very rewarding. It's not like parenting where you put in all this effort and work and you lose sleep. And what do you get back is like the kids are giving you the middle finger and not listening to you, but no plants respond to attention. And so plants, plants, that is another horror crux. Um, what else? I don't know. What am I missing? What are your horror cruxes? Tell me one, well, two, three ten. more. Um, <laughs> that's too many horror cruxes. No, oh, you can uh, only have eight. Yeah, well, there are eight in the movie. You can oh, have, listen. It, it, it was imagination, so okay. <laughs> I guess we can do as many. You can do as many as, as you few. want. Yeah, as many as you want. Okay, tell me your top three. Oh, a me. My first. This cannot. Listen, I'm just going to say them as they come to mind. Great. There's no ranking them. No, no, no. We don't rank um, here. <laughs> but Kelly Clarkson's bangs when she sang um, at the Super Bowl, sang the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Wait, her in, bangs? Like, 2007. Like, They're so good. Bangs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just in, no, uh, t- not 2007. It was like 2013 or 14. I don't remember. She can't. Listen, you know me, big football head. I uh, mm. obviously only watched because she was singing. Obviously. And um, mm-hmm. she came out, debuted these bangs. I immediately needed bangs of my oh, own. Oh, that's why them. you had bangs. Absolutely. Absolutely. That explains and, a um, lot. <laughs> it yeah. explains everything. <laughs> it kind of does. Totally explains your bang does. phase. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I think her, her Super Bowl bangs, um, stage 24 for sure. Oh, okay. I'm stealing that one too. That's such a good one. Yeah. Such good vibes. I think you, you can have it way more than me. No, no, we can share. We have to share. Okay. We will share stage 24. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll split that Um, in half. I'm on, on the friends reunion. Um, my name is on the door at, uh, to, into Crafty on stage 24. That's and you right. Can see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So That's exciting. so amazing. That yeah. should go on your resume. That should be top of your resume <laughs> is that your name was in the Friends reunion. Because that yeah. is like the most impressive thing. That is so cool. That's so a great exciting. horror crux. That's, that's, that's giving me life too. That's one of my <laughs> horror cruxes too, that your name was on the Crafty door. During the Friends reunion. <laughs> so Kelly Clarkson's bangs. Yeah. Um, we're together in the crafty door mm-hmm. <laughs> in stage 24. Um, Jungle Cruise at Disney. Oh, really? Yeah, I love that Interesting. Ride. Yeah. Jungle Cruise. Okay. It's not too yeah. slow. Um, the jokes are it's a joke. A pluses. It's the jokes. jokes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Got yeah. it. Yeah. Got it. Backside of okay. water. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, I have a horror crux. I my okay. horror crux, Disney related, okay. is the end of the Matterhorn ride when they say, "Permanecer sentados, por favor." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I love it so much. 
But I'm just like, yeah, Pedro Medicer Sentados, por favor. Stay seated. So that like I just I don't know why it's such a satisfying moment. You've finished, it's like the adrenaline rush of seeing the abominable snowman and you know, getting your you now have neck problems because you've been on this ride being whipped around <laughs> and you finally like gracefully just slide into the end of the ride and then Permanecer sentados por favor. It's it's such a rush. I love it. Yeah. Oh, this is fun. What else? Okay, what else you got? <laughs> this is all we're doing for the next hour. <laughs> oh, we talk, just horcruxes? Horcruxes, yeah. Why not? <laughs> oh, now I gotta think of um oh, now I gotta think of some more. No, we can move. We can move on. It's fine. No, 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 no. Now let's make the show about me. <laughs> yes, please. Yes. Um, what about, well, all I can think of now is Kelly Clarkson. Clarkson. Whoa. I say her name wrong every time. Clarkson. There's Clarkson. no T. Yeah. Um, you should really fire me as your friend. Next time I say Clarkston. It's, it's not, it, it is probably the most trying moment of our friendship. I'm sure it was. <laughs> Man, how, that is so rude of me to pronounce her name that way i mean it's my big sister so obviously avi avi we gotta get it right yeah <laughs> what else our book club our book club is my oh. horror crux love our book club so much yeah like, it's just the best it is it's the best really good we actually talk about the book Sometimes. which is not the case in all book clubs <laughs> but we actually discuss and dissect the book yeah you know, and not we don't always finish the book but we Doesn't will matter. always dissect the book and People always finish the book, even if they haven't finished by book club, which is really impressive when you think about it. Super impressive. Yep. What else? A good book. A good book is my, is another horror crux. Like I can't think of one off the top of my head because there's so many, but um, just like a good, just a good book that you can't put down. Do you find you read more in the winter or in the summer? You know, I'm not really a seasonal reader. It all depends on my mental state. Like (laughs) I cannot I can't, I'm having such a hard time reading right now just because my head is like all over the place and I can't concentrate. Like I read the same page over and over again. And I don't know if I'm like, I have some undiagnosed anxiety right now or some personal issues I'm going through. I don't know, but I'm having a hard time paying attention to books. So I'm watching Christmas movies instead. I'm in my Christmas movie era right now. But normally I would say, yeah, I don't know if I'm a winter or a summer reader. I would go with, I'm going to go with winter, maybe not this winter, but winter in general, just because there's more time off with the holidays. You got Thanksgiving week, got a couple weeks at Christmas time. And that's when I'm definitely the most relaxed is when all the obligations and responsibilities have fallen to the wayside for momentarily. And I can really get into the book without all these voices in my head going around and around and around. So I'll go with winter, but not this winter. Talk to me next winter. Okay. (laughs) Maybe I'll have read a few books by then. Yeah. (laughs) All right. AB, I don't have an end. So I don't have, I didn't have a beginning. Oh, great. To this. Uh, Excellent. I also don't have an end to this. Great. It's the first episode. So we're still working it out. We're working out the kinks. We're making it up as we go along. Yeah. It's, it's, Um, you never know. Again, choose your own adventure. (laughs) What a audience, listeners. What do you want to hear? You tell us. How you tell us what the, how does this end? end? How should this end? Un- <laughs> should we just unplug and leave? <laughs> um, well, oh, first let's tell people where to find you online. That would be good, I think. Oh, okay. Um, I, I try not to be online. I really hate, I'm a kind of a Luddite. I hate social media. But you can find me um, on Instagram at Andrea Barber. Very simple. Um, 
you can find my podcast at how rude podcast on Instagram. Um, I'm on Twitter, which is not even Twitter anymore. So let's, we don't even need to mention that Facebook. I don't really check. So, um, yeah, it's Instagram. It's just Instagram. <laughs> okay, perfect. I probably have a MySpace out there somewhere. Um, so now people know where to find you. Definitely listen yes. to the podcast because I love it so much. And, and we're trying to, we mentioned you several times. We were, ha- we were almost having a Kim Moffat segment for a while there. Cause we mentioned you every episode and then we kind of, then we got into like Jesse and his man whore ways. And Ugh. so we stopped talking about you so much, but you're always in our hearts, always top of mind. So, um, yeah, for more Kim Moffat stories, tune into how rude Tanneritos and, uh, you get a little behind the scenes. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, I you love- can follow. I have a YouTube page, which I don't update. I don't know where to find me. It's just Andrea Barber somewhere. Just look me up. Um, maybe I'm verified. I don't know. Like I'm terrible at promoting myself. Like I don't know where I am, but I have a YouTube page. Kim is on it. Kim is yeah. on many vlogs behind the scenes of Fuller House. Oh, there are some great ones. The <laughs> prank, some really good. Ones. The oh, t-shirt the prank, prank with Jody was amazing. Um, just oh, so good. But yeah, no. If you want to see more of Kim Moffat, go find my YouTube page. Good stuff. <laughs> I love that the pitch for all of your stuff is. I don't know. I don't know. It's true. <laughs> I don't think I'm on this anymore. I don't know. Look it up and um, go there for Kim. <laughs> <laughs> this is why. This is why I I don't have a publicist anymore because they were like, "You're terrible at this. <laughs> we quit you." <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, I admit it. I'm terrible at this. Uh, it's it's okay. so true." Yeah, whatever. That's you okay. don't need to be good at it. Hey, you know, Einstein didn't know his own phone number. So I don't know. Yeah, because he had so much, so many more important things in his brain. He didn't need to remember his phone number. That's something he could look up. So in the spirit of Einstein, I don't know where you can find me on social media. Look it up. I can look it up sometime. (laughs) (laughs) These are not the important things in my brain. The important things in my brain are that I'm going to go watch To Grandmother's House We Go. Mm Mm-hmm. Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde, and Speed mm-hmm. 2, Cruise Control. Mm-hmm. And I guess I need to go find Kelly Clarkson's bangs now, too. Oh, my goodness. Just look up Kelly Clarkson. Super Bowl, I guess. Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. I got a lot Probably to Probably don't look up Kelly Clarkson bangs. <laughs> 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 Would be my thought. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Okay. <laughs> That the, my my safe search is on, so I will not look up Kelly Clarkson's bangs. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think that's a really good idea. Worthy <laughs> advice. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh my. my. <laughs> <sighs> um, would you be so kind as to give this show an outro? Just this episode, yeah. maybe even. Who knows? Who knows what the show's gonna be? This might just be something I watch. Myself. That's okay. You me, may never go to air. You, me, and your mom. We are going oh. to watch and listen to this show, podcast, whatever this is. She will. She listens to the news every morning. Her and my stepdad, oh. they do the wordle and then they listen to the news. What a great lot. Li- that wordle. That's also my horror crux. Um, yeah. I want to go move in with your mom. I want to do wordle. Well, well I can, do. I don't. But then I got to sleep on the air mattress again. So that's a bummer. Oh. <laughs> I, I haven't listened to the news in a week because it was Thanksgiving week, but. Um, yeah. I do listen to the news every day with Felicity on our way to school. We get, it's perfect. It's like seven minutes of news, seven minute commute to the school. 
fantastic. It's great. It's just like bite-sized, bite-sized, digestible news. And you have a way, I've told you this, you have a way of presenting the news in a way that won't make me depressed for the rest of the day. And that's hard to do with today's news. Well, thank you. I love it. Thank you. Um, Okay, so you need an outro. You need an outro. Um, You know how normal I am about compliments, so we'll just go. (laughs) We'll say thank you. You're not uncomfortable at all. You're not not uncomfortable. I'm feeling good about this, and we'll do the outro. We'll do the outro. Um, well, thank you everyone for joining us on Kim Moffat is a fan. Uh, I don't know where you can find this podcast or if you have any social assets. I don't know. Like I don't even know my own. So I definitely don't know the podcasts. but you can find us somewhere, somewhere out there in the ethernet. You can find Kim Moffat as a fan. Um, please rate and review this podcast slash show but only if it's five stars and only if you have something nice to say. If you don't have something nice to say, just close your computer right now and walk away. Just walk away from your keyboard. Um, But otherwise, thank you for putting up with us for the last hour and a half. (laughs) And uh, that, that, that you, you listener, you are also a horcrux for you, me and Kim, you are our horcrux because we appreciate you for listening to us ramble on for the last 90 minutes. Uh, We appreciate you. You are worthy. Now, everyone go watch Kelly Clarkson's bangs <laughs> and Reese Witherspoon on Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde. Thanks for tuning in. You can find Andrea Barber at Andrea Barber on Instagram. You can find this show on Instagram and TikTok at Kim Moffat is a fan. And if you're looking for me, I'm at Kim Moffat on Instagram and Twitter and at Kim Moffat is here on TikTok. If you feel so inclined, please rate and review the show. And don't forget to subscribe because it really does help other people find this show as well. And uh, that's it. Thanks for listening.